welcome to the Union Hack, a podcast by Dave Ingay. All views of my own or those of my guests and don't necessarily represent the views of the organisations we're affiliated to. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Union Hack. It's been quite a long time since I've done one of these and I've just managed to find my kit, my brand new podcasting kit, and I thought I will record a podcast on the holidays. It's very, very timely at the moment. I want to talk about action, shorter stroke action. ASOS, the holy grail, I suppose, and I will call it the myth of education, industrial action. Not, sorry, that's misleading, not education, but certainly in schools why it doesn't work, why it can't work, why it does work sometimes, I suppose, um, but why in many ways it's a myth. Um, and it's particularly timely because we've just all, say we, all the education unions have accepted the pay offer of 6.5% from the government and talks on workload. But the NSUWT, being the NSUWT, are talking about how they're going to do uh, action up to including industrial action to tackle excessive workload basically means action shorter strike action so we had this again in where this in 2012 i'm sure i'm aged a little bit now when the pension dispute was ongoing nes uwt said we're not going to keep striking over pensions we don't agree with the the, the pension deal on offer nor did the any nut at the time the ATL did. Um, it's all ancient history now. But the NSUWT said we're not going to keep striking. We're going to do action shorter strike action. Now let's just talk about action shorter strike action and why people say they want it instead. They People believe it's less disruptive. People believe um, they're not going to lose any pay if you do action shorter strike action. People believe that you can just action short to strike action will be turning up at half past eight, going home at half past three, not have to do anything else, no planning, no marking, no assessing, just do those things. Half eight to half three, bish bash bosh, nice and easy, right, I've done my industrial action, I don't have to lose any pay, um, and I'm having an impact. Now, that's nonsense. And it is nonsense because written into your contract, I say your, I'm assuming you're a teacher, written into the contract of every teacher in the school teacher's pay conditions document, aka the, the blue book, not so blue anymore, but you can find it online, it explicitly says you're expected to do work in your own time. You can't be directed to do work in your own time. You can only be directed to work 1,265 hours over 195 days, five foot training days, slightly less this year because of the, it was slightly less this year because of the, the Jubilee and funeral and everything else that happened this year. Um, but they're the times you be directed. But it is expected and written into the contract that you do work outside those hours. So this action, short of strike action, it's kind of nonsense, really. Um, UCU have, have recently done a, 
I believe it's still ongoing actually, a marking ban. They're not marking any work in higher education settings in our universities. That is causing a significant amount of disruption for the students. Some people are getting just ungraded degrees, um, just sort of been nodded through, you passed, because university lecturers aren't, um, aren't marking any work. It's incredibly disruptive, which industrial action is meant to be. Industrial action is meant to be disruptive. But the reason action short to track action doesn't work in a school is because if you're going to just, for a start, you can't. So you can't just work your directed hours because your directed hours are the only hours you can be directed to work. If you're really going to have an impact in a school, you'd have to do it on school by school level. You couldn't do it on a national level. If, for example, in a school you were going to refuse to mark any work, you're going to refuse to attend any of our school meetings. You are effectively just going to work your directed hours or just going to do half past eight till half past three, not work your lunch break, not doing break time duties, etc., etc. All the things that people think might we might do as part of action short strike action. If it was disruptive and if you are breaching your contract, which why you need a ballot, you need a ballot because you're breaching your contract legally. That's why we have a, a ballot for strike action. Then you will get your pay deducted. There will be a paid deduction and it will be really, really messy and really difficult and challenging. You would probably find people having secret meetings because sometimes you need to talk to your colleagues about lessons or things you're going to teach or just different students. And if you've got a meeting band, well, that's been really messy and very, very difficult. Um, just imagine you need to talk to another a colleague in the science department about, I don't know, Jake Jones, who's being a bit of a pickle or he's not doing, or your child in your teacher group needs to talk to the history teacher about something. Well, that involves a meeting, a meeting band. That's incredibly disruptive and far, far, far harder, which is why education unions take strike action because it's clear cut you're in one day you're not in the next day or you're not in the next two days it's clear cut your pay can just be docked accordingly so i hate to break it to members of NESUWT and i'm not saying this because i'm in the NEU and i'm an actually executive member i say it in hand on heart because we've been here before we we're here let's say we, we were here in 2012 2013 when Chris Keats kept publicly saying, well, the NESUJT members have been taking industrial action for years, action short to strike action, to which most people in the school sort of said, well, really? Where's that then? Um, and back in those days, you could have an indefinite timescale for a, um, a ballot. Now you have a six-month mandate, so the NESUJT would have to renew their, their mandate, so to speak, for this so-called industrial action. Um, in January anyway and it gives you a really good time to see how successful it, it is now if it's just things like making sure there's a directed time budget in your school directed time calendar which every school should have if it's about saying we're not going to do lunch cover well you're not paid for your lunch break anyway so just don't do it no one can force you to do it you just say no I'm not going to do a lunch duty today 
I'm going to have my lunch break in line with my directed hours contract, and that's it. Walk out, walk back. Those things can be done legally without any ballot. And if there are specific issues around workload in a school, then what you do, as I've discussed in this podcast before, I had um, Gwen Little and Martin Powell Davis on this podcast a few years ago talking about disputes, the how you resolve a dispute, actually, um, up to and including strike action. You, you do it without a national ballot. You just get together as a school group. You have a rep or a spokesperson, so to speak, who takes forward your issue with management. You try and resolve it through... Um, resolve it, resolve it, try to resolve it through negotiation, um, perhaps with some sort of common ground, maybe not, depending on how big the issue is. And you can resolve it with school-based strike action. It doesn't need a national ballot to do that. You just do it in a school where it's an issue. Um and it's very difficult to do a national ballot on workload because what causes workload in, in my school, um, a primary special school, is very different to the workload issues in the maintained mainstream primary school down the road. Very different to the people referring out the road. Very different to the um, local high school. And in fact, different high schools have different workload issues, as I find out as a branch secretary. So... Coming back to my original point, action short of strike action is a myth. It doesn't exist. It doesn't work in schools um, for the reasons I've outlined. So the NAS UWT, I'm sorry. I really am sorry because I have friends in the NAS UWT. Um, listen to that. It's not personal. I'm just trying to explain the issues um, and why it's not really a thing, and why people say there's two actions short of strike action instead of striking. And I say, well, you can't, because as I said, it's written into your contract. You do work in your own time. If you get rid of that clause, then that becomes a different issue altogether. And there's a whole another argument about what you do with a teacher's contract and so on and so forth. And perhaps we'll um, we'll come on to that one. But yeah. So as I said, action short strike action, it's a myth, it doesn't exist, it doesn't work in schools, but a decent, hard-working rep in a school will achieve all the things, or certainly go a long way to resolving workload issues in a school. Just having a national ballot and saying, we're doing action short to strike action nationally. No, you're not. You're not doing national action short strike action. You're going to get reps to take up specific issues in schools and a good rep should do that anyway and as i said many many times publicly privately to anyone who listens being a rep is the most important job in the union for that reason because you are the eyes and ears on the ground you are taking issues forward and if you have a decent rep in your school then there's no need for some sort of fancy ballot the NEU has amazing reps to take action on workload in their schools week in, week out, and we win. And we take strike action where we have to, and where we take strike action in those schools, members get paid strike pay. So it works. So action short strike action, it's a myth, but a hard working, decent rep will make all the difference. 
and will do the things you might want to achieve through action shorter strike action i hope you enjoyed this podcast if you did don't forget to subscribe that way you're never going to miss an episode while you're at it do please rate and review the podcast and also share it with your friends and colleagues so we get the message out there and lastly if you've got any suggestions about future interviews or you just want to get in contact with me you can email me theunionhack at gmail.com you can find me on facebook at the union hack or on twitter at the union hack see you next time <laughs>